Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Amen. How many of you are thankful that God came to be with us? I don't think we really understand the significance of that, and that's what we're going to be talking about today as we uh, finish up Christmas playlist. I want to welcome those of you who join us online, wherever you're tuned in from today. We've been in this series where we've been kind of looking at some Christmas carols and songs, and the band's going to come back at the end and play a song called God With Us, talking about Emmanuel, and we're going to talk of that story today. Throughout uh, this series, we've been looking at joy to the world and how joy came, and that joy is a choice that we make regardless of our circumstances around us. It's really something internally that now Christ is with us and in us, and so because of that, we can have joy despite our circumstances if we choose to focus on Him and His plan and His purpose. We talked about just the power of being faithful and the holy night that Christ came, and, and it was a, a night that we recognized Him as our Savior and that He came into this world to save us with that purpose. And last week, we looked at the Lordship, that, oh, come all you faithful, and we behold Christ as Lord and King in our life, and we talked about what it really means to submit to Him as Lord and to the type of God that he is, and the Savior that he is, the Lord that he is, the King that he is. And today we're going to look at the purpose of why he came to be with us, and when he came, what came with him. And we find the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 23, and looking at his account, uh, you can follow along in your notes today as well, and, and the app if you want to, the scriptures will be on the screen. But in Matthew, his account of Jesus' birth goes like this. He says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Matthew was referencing the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7:14, he says this, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive of a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, the, one of the amazing things about God coming to be with us is that Jesus was born of a mortal woman, which made him completely human, but also born of the Holy Spirit, which made him completely God. So he literally became God in the flesh, God with us in the flesh, and so fully God, fully human. So fully operating in the authority of, of being God and the Son of God, but also fully operating within the context of being a human just like you and me. You see, this wasn't just some special appearance of God where Jesus just came and he was going to go. No, he was God in the flesh, immortal. The invisible spirit clothed with human hair, with skin, with blood, supported by muscle and bone. And God in his humiliation had to breathe, had to eat, had to drink, had to sleep. When he cut, he bled. He longed for companionship with his friends. 
and truly suffered when his friends deserted him, he literally became one of us. It's amazing to me to think that God became like us so that we could eventually become like him. It's the whole purpose that he came. And this is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. The thought that God would become man is simply without parallel in any other faith. In no other religion does a God do anything more than tell his subjects what to do and to become like him, to earn his favor, to give instruction and to do it the way that he wants them to do it. And no other religion does the creator God become weak and a part of his creation. In Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, Isaiah goes on to describe the characteristics of this child and who was coming to be with us. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Amen. And what a promise of God. What a description of who God is. And today we're going to look at what God with us really means to you and me today as we kind of break down these characteristics of Isaiah that he describes to us that this child will come and, and this is who he is. And today we're going to break that down a little bit further. He says he is the sovereign God that he reigns and rules over all. He is sovereign. He is in control. The government, he said, shall rest upon his shoulders. In Daniel chapter 4, verses 25 and 32, it says that the the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone that he wishes. The first week of this series, we sang Joy to the World. One of the lines in that song says, He rules the world with grace and truth. He rules the world. Today, I don't know about you, but but when I watch the news, it's, it's pretty much strictly uh, a recipe for depression. Anybody else, right? I mean, you watch the news, you scroll through your Facebook, and it's like, I, I wonder sometimes, like, why they even post the stories that they post. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to know what happened to some child. I don't want to know that all the negative stuff, and for every positive story, there's probably 50 negative ones that we hear on a continual basis. And when we watch the news and we hear what's going on and, and we, we dive into the middle of politics and we're concerned about, you know, what's going to happen here and here and what's going on in our country and if this law passes and this one doesn't and if this person gets elected and we get wrapped up in the affairs of government and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved on some level, but, but when we depend on the government for our security, for our control, for our sense of peace, we're missing it. We're, we're straying from what God has for us. And, and I don't know about you, but if I tend to focus on those things, then I do start to drift and I do start to worry and I do start to lose sight that the child that came to be with us is sovereign, that he reigns and rules over all and our government rests upon his shoulders. That he's in control. So I don't have to worry. Sovereign means that he's possessing supreme and ultimate power in total control. Today, you can rest assured because God came to be with us that God is in control. And not just of the government, he's in control of your life. He's in control of your future. He's in control of your family. He's in control of your career, of this nation, and of this world. Today, I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, God's got it. 
I think sometimes we just got to remind ourselves that. God's got this. God's in control. God's never caught off guard. Amen. He's never like, oh, I can't believe that happened. (laughs) Oh, that caught me by surprise. Right? He's not like that. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful, right? Like, he's got it. He's in control. And some of us just need to remind ourselves when we watch the news or we look at certain things and we get, uh, you know, stressed out or worried about what's happening around us and, and, and the future and the uncertainty that's there to go, you know what? I serve a God who's in control, that God's got this. He came and he rules and he is sovereign God. The God we worship, the God that came to be with us is sovereign he rules and reigns over all. Isaiah goes on to say he's the wonderful counselor. To think about how the Holy Spirit can bring comfort to us. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, the author of Hebrews says it like this, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same things that we do, yet he did not sin. So what, Paul, what the author of Hebrews is saying here is that, that he understands because he was fully human while being fully God. He understands temptation. He understands what it feels like to hurt. He understands what it feels like to be stressed out, to be worried, and, and to have the issues that we have as humans. He says, so this God that we serve, this high priest of ours, he gets it. So not only does God got it, God gets it. He understands it. He says, so let us, in light of that, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. God is full of grace and mercy. We can approach him. And it says, and when you approach him, there you will receive his mercy. And you will find the grace to help when needed most. So Paul says we can approach him with boldness and that his door is always open to us. And when we talk to him, he listens and he understands and he doesn't condemn us. He's a gracious, loving God and we don't have to be afraid of him because regardless of what we do, we've done or where we've been or what we're going through, it says that when you approach him, he responds with grace and mercy. He's a wonderful counselor. I think too often we, we recognize Jesus as a wonderful counselor but fail to seek his guidance and his counsel in our life. And I, I, there's nothing wrong with going to a counselor. I go and see a counselor occasionally, and it's a part of my life. And when I need to discuss things, I have people in my life and mentors and, and pastors and other leaders that, that I go to to discuss things. But, but I'm telling you that, that that shouldn't be our only thing that we go to. Like, if you're just watching Dr. Phil for your advice, we got some problems, right? Like, you know, I got this issue. I'm going to Google Dr. Phil, see if there was an episode that speaks to my situation, right? Or whoever it may be. And it's fine to seek guidance and counsel and to read and to, to discover on our own. But I'm just saying today that, that prayer should be our first priority and not our last resort. That the everlasting God, that the, the mighty God who's sovereign in control, who knows you, who knows your situation, is the one that says, You can come to me with all of your stuff. You can approach me, you can pray. We should make seeking him, God who is with us, our first priority instead of our last resort. He is a wonderful counselor. He goes on and says that, that he is mighty God, that he is big enough and powerful enough to supply everything that we need. In Luke 18, Jesus said what is impossible for people is possible with God. You know, I looked up that word nothing 
in the Greek. You want to know what it means? Nothing. (laughs) This is what it means. There's nothing. There's no catch here. There's no nothing but or uh, everything but this one thing or nothing only if. No, it's, it's nothing. Nothing means nothing. That life is full of difficulties. It's full of challenges. But none of them is bigger than our God. None of them. Nothing that you face can't be overcome with God. And because Emmanuel came to be with us, we can rely on the mighty God that we serve. You see, you may not be able to trust your strength, but you can always trust his. I've been through difficult things. Many of you in this room, if you were to share stories of what you've been through, and there's things that you face that you go, I just don't understand. I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to have the strength to press on. I don't know how I'm the strength to survive this marriage. I don't know how I'm the strength to get through this issue with my parents. I don't know how I'm going to have the strength to, to get over this health issue. And we've been through things and we've dealt with things. And today I'm here standing here not because of my strength, but I'm telling you it's because of God's strength. There was times where I could not have gotten through it on my own. And it was the mighty God that I served that I leaned on for his strength. That it would have been impossible with just me. But nothing is impossible for our God. I should encourage us that that is the God that we serve, that he is mighty and his power and strength, his strength is limitless. His power is limitless and he desires to help us in our weakness. Goes on to say that he is the everlasting father. I love that word everlasting. It means he always has been and he always will be. He always has been and he always will be. Revelation 1.8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. He is the beginning. He is the end. He knows the beginning and he knows the end. He is the everlasting Father who loves his children. God came to be with us. The purpose was because, listen, he loved us so much. If you go all the way back to Genesis, here was God with his people, with his creation, in fellowship. Sin separated us from God. And God could no longer visit with us the way that he did because in his presence there can be no sin. And so God so desired to be reunited with his creation that he sent his son into this world that he literally became human so that he could have relationship with us. And when Jesus came into this world for the first time since the very beginning, God was with us again. And then when he left and he went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit. So Jesus came, and when he came, God was with us. And on the cross, he became God for us. And through the Holy Spirit, he is now God in us. Come on, that's the everlasting Father, right? He is everlasting. He was, he is, he is to come. And now he is in you and me. And I love the fact that it says that he is a father, that he desires to to know his children. And when I had children for the first time, I, I, I related to God differently than I had before. I saw him through a different perspective and a different lens because I now too know what it means to be a father and the love that I have for my children and the love that God has for me, yet my love is imperfect and impatient and can lose its temper. And the Apostle Paul describes God's love as perfect. 
never getting impatient with us, never getting angry with us, that He is consistently for us, and His love is always unconditional. He's the everlasting Father. In the Old Testament, Moses had just died, and Joshua is now leading God's people into the unknown territory, and God gives him this assurance in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, maybe this Christmas and this coming up in the new year, you have some big unknowns. There's some things that you just don't know what will happen. And I will say this, though, because God came to be with us, despite of all the unknowns that you have, there is one big known that wherever you go God is with you that wherever you go he will never leave you he will never forsake you and because of that you don't have to be afraid because you can trust that the everlasting father will never desert his child he will never leave you high and dry he'll never call you to do something that he can't equip you to get you through he's the everlasting father goes on to say that he is the Prince of Peace. Philippians 4, 4 through 7, we read this a couple weeks ago, but I think it's just so important for us to realize the God that is with us. It says that we can rejoice always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He's close. So because of that, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Every night when I pray with my children, I pray essentially that prayer. God, help us not to be anxious. Help us not to worry. But God, I pray that you would guard our hearts and our minds with your peace, that you are the Prince of Peace who is with us and with your presence brings peace. Today, I think some of you just need to know that Emmanuel, God is with us and he is with you. Paul says to not be anxious. You go, how do I do that? Not to worry, but to pray and talk to God about what's going on, that you can ask him for his help as we talked about he's the wonderful counselor. And and when you do your part and you draw near to God, he will also then draw near to you. That God is not just with us, he is with you right now. He's with you. Because of Christ, when even though you feel alone and even though you may feel like there's chaos, that he can bring peace, the Bible says, that can transcend all understanding, that he can guard your heart and your mind from the anxiety and the stress and the chaos that's around you. And because of Christ, we now have peace with God. We have salvation and forgiveness and the peace of God that comforts us in our time of need. You see, we have to always remember that peace isn't the absence of conflict, but it's the presence of God no matter the conflict. Peace doesn't mean that you're not going to have things that go wrong, but it does mean that Emmanuel, who came to be with us, that your everlasting Father is with you, that he'll never leave you, that he's the Prince of Peace, that he can bring peace despite what you're going through. I've walked through some difficult things with people, and when... My sister passed away about 10 years ago. Uh, Next year will be 10 years since she passed. I remember my mom, and I remember being fearful. I didn't live in the area, and I was driving home and was afraid about 
the state that my mother was going to be in and what I was going to find literally when I walked through the door, what, what was going to be happening in my home. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're literally praying as you walk through the door, like, God, I don't know what I'm about to walk into, but Lord, I need you, right? And that was kind of my prayer. But I was so blown away by the peace that was in my, my parents' home, the peace that my mom had, despite what she was going through. And so many people would come up to my mom at the funeral and all this stuff, and they would say, I don't even know, how are you doing this? She spoke at my sister's funeral. They go, I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine standing up there and, and saying that, doing that. And, and I go, well, that's because she's not relying on her own strength. In a human state, right, we can't do that. That's beyond our control, right? But yet, despite the chaos and the, the problems that we were in the middle of, there was peace because Almighty God, Sovereign God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, right? God who was with us was with her and brought peace to her and strength to her and gave her the ability to navigate one of the most difficult situations a parent could ever go through because God was with us. So today you may be in the middle of chaos, you may be in the middle of conflict, and maybe the only thing you get from this message today is that you know God is with you. And the Bible says when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And when he is close, no matter what you're going through, you can experience peace. A couple of weeks ago we talked about this, but I just want to, it's so practical and I've talked to a few people that say this has helped me greatly. But when you experience chaos, you pause, you pray, you praise, and then the Bible says you will experience peace. He says we thank God. We rejoice in God. We rejoice in who he is. We rejoice in Emmanuel, that God is with us. We rejoice in the fact that he's in control. We know that he is. We praise him for who he is, not what we're going through. You got to make that certain, right? You don't praise God and go, God, I praise you that I'm in pain. I praise you that I'm going through this tragedy. I pray. No, it says you, you rejoice in him always. Why? Because he is everlasting father. Because he is sovereign. Because he's in control. Because he's with you. Because he's your wonderful counselor. That's how you can rejoice despite what you're going through because God is not just with us. He's with you. And you can praise him. And so you give him praise and you thank him. And you, you pray to him and you say, God, this is what I need for you. And the, the counselor, the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus says he'll guard your heart and your mind and he will bring peace that passes understanding. Isn't that what we all long for? No matter what we're going through, no matter what season we're in, just to have the peace of God in our life, to know that he's there, to know that he's in control, to know that we can approach him despite what we've done, despite where we've been, despite what we're going through, that even in the midst of chaos and conflict, he can bring peace that passes understanding. But you see, we have to acknowledge the fact that we have a part to play in this. You see, with my kids, it's always amazing to me that it's even at a young age that their natural response when they were afraid, when they were hurt, when something bad happened, when a friend hurt them, when said something, right? Their natural response of a child, immediately they come to me. Immediately. If they're hurt, scrape their knee, dad, mom, boom, they're in the house, right? 
their sister does something to them, boom, they're tattling, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Their natural response is, I need to get close to my mom and my dad. And when they have a bad dream at night and they're scared and they're alone and and they're fearful, they immediately come into my room. Immediately. Dad, can can I sleep with you? Can I get in your bed? Dad, can you pray with me? Dad, can I talk to you? I had a bad dream. What was it about? Tell me about it. Okay. Can we pray? Let's pray. Right? Immediately, a child knows, I just need to get close to my dad. And there's something about the presence of the Father that brings peace. And for whatever reason, as we get older, when life happens, when things happen, I see it all the time. Instead of drawing close to God, people push away from him. And they go, that's your fault. Why'd you let that happen? Why'd you do that? And today I don't have the time to go into the complexities of why bad things happen to good people. But I'll tell you today, God, no matter where you've been, he loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. No matter what you've gone through, he loves you. You are his child. He never will reject you. There's not a time that you would approach him and he would say, get away from me. I don't have time for you. The whole reason he came was so that he could be close to you. Emmanuel, God with us. His desire was to be united with his creation and connected to you. And so today, maybe you just need the faith of a child again. It's amazing that Jesus said, man, the faith of a child. Approach me like a child. Come to me like a child. A child never fears to be in the presence of, the, of a loving father, a gracious father. And so today I would challenge you to draw close to your father, who's the prince of peace. Because it's what we're all longing for. The band's going to come and we're going to close out our time together this morning and John chapter 4, verses 15 through 17, Jesus said this, we talked about this last week, his lordship, surrendering to him as Lord. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Right, that love and obedience go hand in hand. When you have a love relationship with the Father, you desire to do what the Father wants you to do because you know that your Father has your best interest in mind, whether you understand it or not, right? If you have kids, you know what that's like, right? Yesterday, we drove to see the Polar Express train. Don't recommend it. Anyways, uh, but we went, and my daughter's in the back seat, and she's tired, and she has a booster seat now. She's eight, and she was laying down all sideways, and the, the seat belt was close to her neck, and I look up in the mirror, and I see it, and it's raining, and it's, you know, I said, baby, you need to sit up. Well, daddy, I'm tired. Baby, you need to sit up. Well, Why? Riley, I don't have time to explain to you, but you need to sit in your seat the right way. Well, why? Do you really want to know why, Riley? Because if I were to have to hit the brakes for any reason, it would throw that seat belt right into your neck. And it could break your neck. And you could die. <laughs> I was just like, you want to know? Here it is. But you know what she didn't get? She thought I was trying to prevent her from sleeping. No, 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 no. 
I'm trying to keep you safe. I have your best interest in mind. I don't tell you not to play in the street and do these things because I'm a mean dad. And I want Jesus is saying here, if you love me, obey me because I'm your father and I care for you and I want what's best for you. Why would you not want to obey a loving father, the father that I described to you today, the wonderful counsel, the approachable God, the one who's full of mercy and grace, the one who is with you and never leaves you. No matter what you do, he'll never abandon you, right? This is the God who is with us. And Jesus says, if you love me, just do what I'm telling you to do. And he invites you to draw close to him, not to resist him, not to push him away, but to pull him in. And he says, and love me, obey me. He goes on, he says, and I will ask the Father, the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. And that word advocate in the Greek is paraclete, which means comforter, encourager, counselor. That there is now the Holy Spirit who rests in every believer, who is there to Convict sometimes because he's a good dad. He cares about you. He doesn't want you to get off the path. He wants what's best for you. So sometimes he convicts, other times he comforts. But that's who the Holy Spirit is, who is now in us. Jesus goes on to say, and you can be sure of this in Matthew 28, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. I'm with you. He's for you. He loves you. And today he invites you in to his presence. He says he stands at the door and knocks. And it's your choice. This is the wonderful God that we serve. This is the God who came to be with us. The sovereign God who's in control. The everlasting Father who was and is and is still to come. The wonderful counselor. The mighty God who's full of strength prince of peace you see when God looked down and he saw that there was no mortal human being who was capable of rescuing his creation he decided to do it himself he clothed himself in human form humbled himself became a servant lived a sinless life and then went to the cross to pay the price the sins of all mankind that's the Emmanuel that invites you into relationship and today you have a choice to make God is with us he's with us right now he's right here he stands at the door of each one of our lives and says I'll never barge in I'll never force myself but I invite you don't push me away I know you have questions that still haven't gotten answers and I know you have issues of the past you're still working through and God goes, that's okay. Come with all of it. Come with all of it. We'll work through it together. Because I'm with you. So who do you need him to be in this moment for you? Wonderful counselor. You need wisdom for what's ahead. You have uncertainty and you just need the guidance of a good dad. He's there for advice. You need his strength to get through a season that you could never imagine being in. You need his peace to comfort you in the midst of a chaotic situation. I don't know what you need from him today, but I do know that he's available 
to meet your needs.